Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today I want to talk with you about this idea of getting your needs met. Too many of us are literally working our way into an early grave. We might have irritable bowel syndrome, chronic migraines, constant stress and anxiety. And if we were to be totally honest, the root reason is because we're not being clear about what we need to feel healthy and happy. And in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about how to get there. Because I know for me, for many years, I didn't really understand what that really meant. And more importantly, how to stay sane in the midst of people and things that just don't make any sense. We're going to get into all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. I'm so glad that you are here with me. If you are listening for the very first time, the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts or for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anyone who wants to improve their mindset, understand their world, and more importantly, get the wellness that they know they deserve. Most of the people that come and work with me are obviously entrepreneurs, but I understand that there are people who are aspiring entrepreneurs that have been in transition from one situation to another, and they're just looking for someone that understands how rough life can be, specifically how it is to live a life after trauma and or addictions. And this podcast is for you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it. And I would like to invite you, if you haven't done so already, to go on denisegelee.com. There you'll be able to learn more about me and my story, read articles, science-backed articles, learn about your life script. Your life script is basically the map of how you relate to yourself and more importantly, how you understand the world. Too many of us are living deeply unsatisfactory lives because they're ruled by a life script that is completely maladaptive to a successful mode of living. So I'm going to leave some links in the show notes below so that you'll be able to go to denisegelee.com and access the life script. It is in the top banner of the website, but obviously I'm leaving show notes in the links below. Also, I would love to talk with you. Check me out at Twitter. I know they now call it X, whatever, but it, you can still find it via Twitter.com. But anyway, you can. my handle or username is literally my name, Denise G. Lee. I have a growing audience of other inquisitive and hopeful people who are willing to do the hard work on understanding themselves and more importantly, live a happy and satisfactory life. So I would hope that you enjoy my, enjoy my, <laughs> join my community there. And what else do I want to say? I also know that I have people on Spotify and I really appreciate you guys who send me voicemail messages. You can send me a voicemail message at anchor.fm slash Denise Tealy. Links in our show notes below also. And please let me know your, obviously, your first name only. I want to protect your privacy, your hometown, and obviously what you're getting from this podcast. Make sure if you answer the questions about that I list in the end of the podcast episodes about what your thoughts are, just anything else. I love to post them for other people to read, for those of you guys who are on Spotify. 
Lastly, if you have been enjoying this podcast, greatly appreciate if you write a review and let other people know what you've been enjoying. That way we can amplify the message of experience, strength, and hope post-trauma, post-addiction, so that other people may be able to benefit from the collective knowledge. We all learn through each other's experiences, and you are part of another person's healing journey, whether or not you know it or not. And silence and avoidance is never helpful for you or anybody else. So I just want to encourage you to do that if that's something that's been on your mind for quite some time. Okay, let's get into today's episode. I know this idea of getting your needs met may seem foreign to some of you guys. And the reasons are very simple. First and foremost, you may have grown up in a very painful and dysfunctional home with abusive family members. Perhaps you grew up in a family where you had an alcoholic mother or father. And when they were happy, they made you feel happy. They would take you out to go out to eat or get some ice cream or do something special. But when they were in a fit or in a rage, everybody, including you, had hell to pay. And you learned quickly that you had to put your needs absolutely last because there was fires to extinguish. There was crisis mode total, totally all the time. And you never got that moment to rest. You never got that moment to enjoy being a kid. You always were playing a some defensive mode at all times. And that's very stressful. That's very pain-filled to not be able to recognize as a child your natural ability to be curious and to wander. Growing up overnight is never good. And as a result, It may feel foreign. It may feel alien to take a rest when you always have to work and do something to take care of your parents or your siblings. I was thinking about one particular uh, situation. It was a client talking with me about her life story. And she grew up in a single parent situation, her mother and her two sisters. She was the older, oldest, eldest sibling. And because her mother was constantly having to work all the time, she more or less had to play the role of a surrogate mother to her little sister. And her little sister was obviously going through a lot of emotional issues. She acted out. She engaged in a lot of dysfunctional situations. And my client had to not only take care of her little sister, but in some cases when the mother felt overwhelmed and exhausted because she was not able to work through her own emotional issues, being a single parent, she felt overwhelmed. She felt distraught. And by the time my client became an adult, she already made the, the decision in her mind that she didn't want to be a parent because she felt like she spent the first 18 years of her life parenting everyone around her and never felt parented or loved herself. So I totally get for some of you guys why it feels very foreign if you haven't had that um, that quality time, either observing people engage in self-care activities, for example, exercising or eating healthy food or taking regular breaks, those are the things that we see modeled through our family members. But if we always saw our family members stressed out, working themselves to the bone, constantly overwhelmed, getting into fights, arguing all the time, that seems foreign. 
But maybe that's not your situation right now. Maybe you've done some work, but right now you're in a depressed state of mind. Perhaps you lost your job or got a health diagnosis or something else is really causing you emotional distress. Finances, I don't know what it is. Getting your needs met feels impossible when it feels as if your whole world is crashing down on you. And maybe you are in an active state of addiction. Maybe you're using substances, things, and yes, even people. Perhaps you're a people pleaser. And getting your needs met seems foreign because you're so used to getting a quick fix of dopamine rush. When I say dopamine, we have several types of neurotransmitters, chemicals, streaming through our system that make us have an elevated or depressed state of mood or perhaps even to tranquilize us and all these kind of chemicals dopamine is just one of many that is completely depleted in our body and we feel sad we feel despondent we don't feel connected to anything or anyone so why would we even think about having self-care so I get it there's so many different flavors and reasons why so many so many of us don't feel any desire to want to take care of herself. And I want to share with you some advice and some ideas that I have learned in the course of my life. And I'm and I really want you to write this down, take some notes, really dig deeper into what I have to say because I know for some of you guys this may be the way out. And obviously this is just a start, but it is going to be something that will help you if you are in a state of despondency, if you feel depressed, if you feel alone, if you feel rejected, if you are in a season of transition where the thing that you hope for just fell apart, just kind of disintegrated right before your very eyes, and you don't really know where to go or what to do next. This advice is really going to help you get your needs met so that you can be able, in whatever direction you want to go, you're going to go towards happiness. You're going to go towards wellness and obviously towards prosperity. So please get a pen, get a paper, and then listen to what I have to say. Okay, are you ready? The very first thing that I want to share with you is that beating yourself down for all the things that you didn't know then and now is not going to help you. I remember growing up and when that brief year that I was living with my dad in his girlfriend, Sandra, Sandra, she was a drunk. And as drunks do, they can only handle so much self-loathing and shame on by themselves. So they try to offload it to everyone that's near to, near to them and close to them. And Sandra would constantly make fun of my inability to play an instrument or clean around the house, or just basically just hate my presence because I wasn't matching up to the idealized standard that my dad, my father was pitching towards her. Well, when you think about it now, if you were trying to have your daughter live with another woman, of course, you're going to say the best thing. And being a drunk, you're not going to be able to separate fact from fiction. But anyway, I digress on that. The whole point I'm trying to make is that during that time frame, she would belittle me. She would criticize my weight. She would criticize everything I would do. And as a result, I instead of questioning those messages as a 14, then 15-year-old uh, child at the time, I internalized it. I thought, man, that must be true. I must not have worth. I must not have value. This is not something that I can do better because she said so. Instead of thinking 
accurately and saying, I'm in a situation with a very depressed and sad woman who is not able to see things accurately of herself and obviously of me. But we don't have that hindsight to clarify the past. So I want you to ask yourself right now, as you're thinking about your getting your needs met, are you thinking about your events from a distorted point of view? Are you thinking about your ability or inability accurately? Because part of the reason why we don't have our self-care needs met is because we keep punishing ourselves based on the sick, twisted, and abusive words of other people. Was it your mom? Was it your dad? Was it your cousin? Was it a teacher? All that goes to your life script, by the way. I just had, pardon me, I just have to just plug in and to say that because this, for so many people I've, I've talked with over the years, there's always a message that goes back to a very painful memory. And as much as you would like to say, well, it happened, I'm over it, your body still knows it. It will still recognize it. It will still send you into a state of, I have a sympathetic nervous system response. When I say sympathetic nervous system response, I'm talking about where your teeth clench, your eyes dilate, your heart races, your muscles tense as if you're getting ready for a fight. Our body, when we get reminded about things, it's no different if I put you in a boxing ring and I throw gloves on you and I tell you to fight for your life. That's the way our bodies react to stressful things and stressful people people or situations. We either fight we fly, we flight, right? We run away. We fawn. We'll say, oh, baby, oh, I'll do anything to make you happy. We'll try to seduce them with words or af- words of anything to make them feel good. Or we, we flop. We literally, just, in some cases, we pass out. And for, or we just feel overwhelmed. We get into a state of depression. Now is our time to actually empower ourselves and question the things. And part of questioning the things is, being accurate about whether or not we had the ability to see things accurately. And for a lot of us, we didn't because we were so in the midst of depression and confusion and drama and anxiety that we couldn't know what was going on. And the people around us didn't know either because they were lost in their own hopelessness and sadness. Think accurately about what was really happening. Because oftentimes when we think about things from a place of clarity and love, we may realize that, wait a minute, this really wasn't happening the way I thought. I wasn't responsible or this parent or this relative was really overwhelmed and they were saying things that they knew wasn't to be true. They were having issues. And just because they didn't know how to take care of themselves doesn't mean that I can't learn how to take care of myself. And just because they were lost in sadness and despondency doesn't mean that I have to continue the family tradition. Here's the thing. The people who told you explicitly through their words or implicitly through their action were and possibly now deeply emotionally disabled. And I just want to add that Stopping your life in order for waiting for them to get well or apologize for the work or inaction that they did towards you is only 
going to hurt you in the long run. Let me repeat this in another way. It is a fantasy to stay in a situation where you're depressed, thinking that somehow they'll recognize that you're depressed, and then they'll swoop you up and say, oh, I'm sorry that I did this. Here, let me help you. It's never going to happen. There is this fantasy that we have in our minds that somehow our parent or caregiver or relative will wake up and see the errors of their ways and just like Cinderella they will come by and replace that that sh- that shoe that is all raggedy with beautiful clear high heels or for some of you guys think about your favorite loafer or whatever shoe you want and you guys will gallop into you know happily ever after and be be able to connect with each other I wish that was the case and in some remote cases the other person gets the help and you guys can live happily ever after but in most cases they're so sick they're so lost they're so confused if you try to engage with them they're going to repeat the exact same ideas of confusion and anxieties I have heard this story so many times and maybe you've experienced this too where you're trying to call up a relative as an adult and you want to relate with them positively about what you're doing or what you're trying in your business or some part of your personal life. And you expect them to join with you in your enthusiasm and your happiness. And they just respond back with negativity and criticism and condemnation because it's not up to their idea of what people should be doing or they're frightened about you taking risks because they don't even have the guts to do so. And in order for them to feel safe about their own insecurities and their own fears and their own anxieties, they tell you that you're stupid or it's a bad idea or you don't advise it. Instead of them being honest and saying, I'm afraid of what you're doing because I don't have the guts to do it myself. I don't want to labor on with this point, but I'm hoping that you're understanding the message that we cannot keep repeating the exact same pattern of hoping that the people from our past will somehow recognize our health and our well-being. And therefore, we can therefore respect our health and our well-being. It's never going to happen. We need to be able to find our sense of worth and well-being apart from them. Okay. And the I want to transition and just say something that I've been wanting to say. I know I say this online on Twitter, Denise G. Lee, by the way, is this idea of just reading feel-good platitudes, even for me, is not going to erase the pain. And I know what I mentioned earlier about dealing with your past so that you can be able to live happier, feels uncomfortable. So many of us would like to use clothing or other people or substances to erase the pain. But the fact of the matter is, as long as there's a tape playing in the back of your mind, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, you are going to actually manifest it. Do not discount the power of your mind. Your mind is filled with your your mind is literally like 60 watt light bulb full of energy all those thoughts will manifest into 
words. Those words will turn into actions. Those actions will turn into your character and your character will turn into your destiny. And so it doesn't matter how many times you read someone says, you could be the best person of yourself. Take care of yourself. You deserve it. And all this other stuff, right? doesn't matter. As long as that tape is playing in the back of your mind over and over and over again, it's not going to help you heal. Okay. Unless you do the hard work of examining the merit of what they said then and the reality now. My course, Amazing Attitude, I'm going to leave a link in the show show notes below, is designed to ask those questions about who are you? What do you believe? Why do you even believe it? And more importantly, how is it helping you right now? Because I know it's so much tempting to listen to some Tony Robbins tape about the power of how you can do things or think more positively. But the fact of the matter is so many of us have taken courses and seminars and gone to live events only for a quick moment feeling good. And then when the thoughts of negativity come in, we can't defeat it because we have literally a... A truckload of negative thoughts we never adjust, address or dealt with. And we only have a, we're trying to douse it with a shovel of positivity. So imagine this big burning bushfire of negativity and remorse and self-pity and shame and anxiety. And I say, okay, I'm going to extinguish it with a bucket full of positive quotes and information to a brush fire. And then we wonder why, no matter how hard we try to grow our business, scale our business, get out of a painful rela- relationship, move to somewhere that's better for our kids, and we wonder why nothing's really making progress, it's because you still have that brush fire of pain and anxiety that hasn't been dealt with. And it doesn't matter, maybe you even got some success, but those thoughts that were never addressed have a way of sneaking up and causing so much pain and so much more anxiety in your life. And I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to be able to live a happier life. So I know that I've been harping on this. So you may be thinking to yourself, okay, great, Denise, I found, I drank the Kool-Aid. I believe that I need to confront my thought. How do I do that? How do I confront the negative things? How do I get into a place where I can take care of my my mind, my body, and my soul? What should I do? Well, thanks for asking. I've got some suggestions that we're going to help you so that you can be able to prioritize your mental well-being and health above all. Okay. The first and foremost thing is I want you to keep track of where your ideas go. For so many of us, we're downright unconscious we are we have no idea when we think negatively i was on social media and i was seeing a client that uh, an og client of mine make a, a comment about disputing some type of self-care routine and i was just thinking to myself oh gosh she's still a work in progress Instead of examining the merit of what people have to say and then going through the prism of negativity, I want you to really resist that that idea and actually 
keep an open mind and ask yourself, is there something here that's worth exploring? Is what I'm thinking really true? Or am I just getting back into the old habits of negative thought? Because that's what triggers anxiety. That's what deepens the depression. That's what causes me to want to use substances, things, and sometimes, yes, people to escape from my inner pain and shame. Keep track of what you're thinking about. And in some say, some cases, actually, I recommend this for all for all my clients and I'm recommending for you too, is to keep a little a stopwatch, keep a little tr- a tracker of all the things that you are thinking through that's negative. You can either get a little notepad and jot them down and just do it for the day. Just write down a negative thought. Don't judge it. Don't examine it. Just write it down. And you will be surprised how many negative thoughts that you have gone through through the rest of the remote the <laughs> go through for the majority of your day and for so many of us that's why we're negative because we never really examined and explored wow I'm going I'm thinking a lot about a lot of negative things and I've no wonder I feel so darn sad and depressed and my body aches I'm going through all this confusion because I've got all these negative thoughts that are running through my mind okay now the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to stop validating it. You know, just because you have a negative idea doesn't make it true or doesn't make it helpful. I really want you to stop it in the tracks. And, and when you hear a thought about I'm fat or I'm incapable or just something that's self-defeating, I want you to say that's not true because I can lose weight or I, while I am going through this financial difficulty, that doesn't mean that I don't have options to make more income or save more money. I am in this bad situation, but that doesn't mean that my life is over. I want you to confront each and every negative feeling. So much of our pain and misery is because we just never question whether or not the thoughts are going through our mind is even true or accurate. Now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to schedule self-care activities into your day. So many of us are just so used to pain and anxiety and worry that we just double down on the perfectionism and the workaholism and we never ask ourselves, okay, when do I allow myself that break time? When do I allow myself that time for me to really take care of me so I can rest and recharge and get back at it. You can't perform at your best in your business or your personal life or anywhere else when you're constantly running yourself ragged. I want you to look at your your smartphone, your your tablet, your device or whatever, and I want you to spend in at least 15 to 20 minutes of you either taking a walk or getting a massage or whatever, or journaling, or coloring, whatever you like to do that makes you happy, or even cooking. For some of you guys, I know you guys are artists, cooking, all right? I don't care what you do. Pen in some time throughout the week. And then I want you once a week to have a big fun activity that you like to do. Perhaps it's taking yourself out to the museum, or or meeting up with friends. I don't care what you do. The reason why some of us so many of us have not been able to feel joy and we're in a state of anxiety is because we have never prioritized ourselves above anything else. 
We are so used to trying to save everybody. We're so used to trying to look perfect. We never allowed ourselves the opportunity to love ourselves. We say that we want to love other people. We say that we want to take care of other people and be the best version of ourselves. But how can we do that if we're ignoring our own body's needs? Think about the analogy if you are in a airplane. What do they say like if in the event of emergency? Who do you put the oxygen mask first on? Do you put it first on your grandma or your kids? Or do you put it on you? You put it on yourself. But too many of us are living lives in constant anxiety, trying to oxygenate all everyone else while we're gasping and dying for breath. So I'm hoping that as you're listening to me, you're going to take a hard look and go like, am I allowing myself to not enjoy life? Or am I going to finally oxygenate myself with the things that bring me joy, bring me happiness, help me give myself perspective? And by the way, I just have to say this what's on my mind. You sitting at your desk all day long, staring at the screen, trying to grind it out is neither going to be helpful for you in the short run in terms of your own mental well-being or the long run in terms of you being able to have a healthy work-life balance. And I know that you have ambitions and I know for a lot of us, we want things happening like yesterday. But the fact of the matter is things take time. One of the, I, I read a lot of stories about successful entrepreneurs that have been years in the making. And I always love telling the story about James Patterson. He has written over like 200 books. And his first manuscript was rejected 31 times before it was released. It had a little bit of success. And then even after that, he still had to work for many years as an ad executive. He was actually one of the guys who came up with the jingle of, you can be a Toys R Us kid. He was the guy. And anyway, it wasn't until almost 15 years later, writing book after book after book, that he was able to get some success. I want you to understand that for so many of us, we just want stuff overnight because we have never learned to control our impulses because we were so busy trying to fight for the prize. But the fact of the matter is the prize will never come to you if you're constantly having an unrealistic expectation of yourself and results. The results are totally out of your control, but you will never get or enjoy results if you're constantly worrying or anxious or wanting things like yesterday. It won't happen. All right, let's kind of recap some of the main points that I want to share with you. And first and foremost, I just want to let you know that if you're interested in work with me, check out denisegelia.com. There you'll be able to inquire about coaching. But anyway, one of the things that we as recovering addicts or survivors of a painful or abusive situation never learn to take care of ourselves either because we were constantly in a heightened state of anxiety or depression or perhaps we just observed we didn't we observed dysfunction from our family members or we never saw the benefit of it because we were constantly trying to extinguish fires. But in order to take care of ourselves now, we have to be able to go back and challenge all those negative thoughts that go through our mind. We can't just let it run rampant anymore. We can't let us let it destroy our happiness. What are you thinking right now that is destructive? Ask yourself how it's helping you. 
And I want you to be able to really examine what would happen if you actually chose to think the opposite. You actually gave yourself grace. You actually gave yourself mercy. You actually told yourself about all the possibilities. I want you to schedule in time for you. You've been so used to trying to take care of everyone at all times that you never stopped and asked yourself, wait a minute, am I even helping people by depriving themselves the ability to learn and grow? Or am I so used to being mama bear or so used to trying to hold it down on my own and not let anybody see you sweat because of all the painful past messages from very abusive people from the past? I don't want you to continue another cycle of dysfunction for your kids to observe you running yourself ragged. It wasn't healthy then and it's definitely not healthy to the people around you who need you the most. And lastly, I just want to say that this is going to be an ongoing process. For some of you guys, you've been so used to just depression and sadness that you may be more comfortable with that. That's why I want you to schedule in times during the day and then during the week where it is a non-negotiable. You pencil it in and it is good as gold. Just like you're making commitments to yourself to do certain things, you're going to make commitments to yourself for your own well-being. Make it a habit. It's going to take some time. I know that you've spent so much time in abuse and dysfunction that may seem foreign. So maybe you might mess up a day or two, but get back into the routine and it will become such a habit. You will not even make any excuses for that. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you found value in it, obviously share this podcast episode with other people. That way they can be blessed. That that way they can be motivated and inspired to do the next best thing, whatever that is for them. And obviously, I enjoy communicating with you. Love to connect with you on Twitter. Denise G. Lee. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.